Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 18th of February. The Premiers of New South Wales and Victoria have both eased a number of COVID restrictions with the governments pushing ahead with reopening. In New South Wales, working from home directions have been lifted, density limits and QR codes have been abolished for most venues and singing and dancing are back. New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet also announced from next week masks won't be mandatory in all indoor settings apart from high-risk areas. From next Friday, masks will only be mandated on public transport, planes and indoors at airports, hospitals, care facilities, correction facilities and indoor music festivals with more than 1,000 people. Mr Perrottet is set to reveal more details about schools across the state next week. Meantime, in Victoria, density limits in hospitality venues will be scrapped from 6pm tonight and singing and dancing can also resume. Checking in will only be required for the vaccinated at some venues and twice weekly rapid antigen tests for schools will continue across Victoria for the remainder of Term 1. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews has also given this update on masks. I know what everybody wants though, they want to be able to take their mask off inside and they want to be able to get back to normal working patterns. That's likely where we're going to finish up next Friday. While hospitalisation rates are stabilising across New South Wales, Victoria and Queensland, the death toll remains high with 65 people dying across the country from COVID yesterday. Queensland recorded the highest figure with 38 lives lost, 21 of those in aged care. But Queensland's top doctor, John Gerard, says many of those deaths date back to January and hospitalisation rates are continuing to fall. I really must emphasise this does not mean there has been a peak in deaths. There has not been. In fact, the data clearly shows that the number of deaths from COVID-19 have been falling steadily. While WA's COVID tally has reached triple digits for a second day in a row, 177 new locally acquired infections have been recorded, the state's highest since the start of the pandemic. Overseas now, intentions are continuing to escalate between Russia and the US over Ukraine. The US president this morning saying reports of shelling in Ukraine could be part of a so-called Russian false flag effort, where an attack is disguised to spark retaliation. Joe Biden adding he expects an invasion within the coming days, despite Russia claiming it's moved its troops from the border. But despite the ongoing threats, it appears to be calm on the streets of Ukraine. Here's CBS News correspondent Holly Williams in Kiev. What I would say is here in Kiev, the Ukrainian capital, there are are no signs of panic and there haven't been any signs of panic. And that's what makes it so surreal being here. I mean, people are just going to school, going to their jobs, eating out in restaurants. That audio from Channel 10. And back home and beaches are reopening this morning across Sydney's east after the city's first fatal shark attack in almost 60 years. 35-year-old dive instructor Simon Nellist was mauled during an ocean swim at Little Bay on Wednesday afternoon. Shark expert Dr Chris Penaneff has told Channel 10 it was a horrifying random attack. There's no such thing as rogue sharks. This shark will not attack again. What this shark will probably never come into contact with a human again. Um, what we're dealing with here, though, is a particularly, like I say, nasty shark. 
Tributes are continuing to pour in for Simon, who was about to marry his fiancée after their wedding was delayed because of COVID. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to Queensland and Rogue MP Bob Catter is making an urgent defence plea saying North Queensland needs a fortress wall of missiles. Our reporter David Shiraz has the details from Brisbane. Good morning Tash, that's right. The Kennedy MP is claiming we're underprepared as tensions between Russia and Ukraine escalate and our relationship with China remains strained. He wants the federal government to heavily invest in the local production of thousands of missiles to strengthen our military capacity, as well as with a fleet of patrol boats. But he reckons they need to be built in Australia by Aussie workers employed by Aussie companies. He's claiming we haven't learned the lessons of the past and Australia must heavily invest in protecting its front doorstep, Northern Oz. Catter also claims we can't rely on the US for protection, describing Joe Biden as the weakest president in living memory. And to New South Wales, and while the shock announcement from Origin Energy yesterday to fast-track the closure of its coal-fired power station in Lake Macquarie has been welcomed by environmental groups, it sparked serious concern that hundreds of locals may lose their jobs. Our reporter Hamish Finlay has the details from The Hunter. Well, it's the news no one saw coming. Origin confirming yesterday it intends to shut Australia's most powerful coal-fired plant seven years earlier than planned in 2025. The energy company insists it's on track to replace it with a 700-megawatt battery. They also say they'll do all they can to reskill and retrain the workers. However, it's been met with shock and anger from the local community in Lake Macquarie. The plant is a major employer in the area, and workers say they were caught completely off guard. While Origin is keen to shut down Araring as soon as possible, it's a totally different story just across the lake at the Vales Point station. Billionaire owner Travis and Baker telling News Corp he wants to keep his station running another 20 years. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Better than expected news yesterday. We all need some good news at the moment with unemployment remaining flat despite the ongoing concerns over Omicron. Tash, good morning and happy Friday. Yeah, it was good news yesterday. And look, you know, we always want unemployment to fall, of course. But if you think about where we've been over the last six weeks or eight weeks economically, now, yes, Omicron hit the December numbers as well. The wave kind of hit mid-December, really wrecked retail trading and, and a lot of festivities as well. But in January, we saw the same impact and yet unemployment didn't move. Now, hours worked did decline. So some retail hospitality workers lost shifts and that's probably no surprise. The good news is they didn't lose their jobs though. So it's not, it might, might feel like cold comfort to some of them who are saying, well, I'd like the money, please. But they've got a job to go back to in the most part. And it really does leave the economy on track for unemployment rate under 4%, 3 point something probably sometime this year, the lowest number in uh, almost living memory, certainly in recent memory, and it shows the economy really is poised for a recovery this year. But Scott, the real concern for markets seems to be this ongoing threat and instability with Ukraine and Russia. Yeah, it does. And that's not new news either, unfortunately. It tells you some of these things that are just hanging around and hanging around. But we saw the ASX fall full 1% yesterday on unreported, unconfirmed reports at the time that they'd been shelling in Ukraine. The concern, of course, just for general instability, but most specifically for the oil price. Again, we're talking financially here. There are bigger concerns if you live over there or you're involved. But financially, uh, the real concern is what it does to the world economy. If it does put pressure on oil supply, we know that'll push prices up. That's also unwelcome news for motorists, of course. Uh, but that is what the market is super focused on right now. We should expect volatility in the weeks and maybe even months ahead.
Yeah, absolutely. And locally, some interesting earnings results yesterday, Scott, with Telstra and West Farmers shares on the nose. Why is that? Yeah, they were not a great result for either company, unfortunately. Different reasons in both cases. The NBN is actually going to stop paying Telstra for transitioning some of its customers across to the NBN's infrastructure. And what that basically means is year on year, they're getting less money from the NBN, which if you look at year on year growth or otherwise decline, you are seeing Telstra's making less money. And that's real dollars they're missing out on. That's that's disappointing. The CEO Independent is expecting some sales and profit growth, hopefully from next year for shareholders. In West Farmer's case, this is very much, you know, COVID in a can. It was it was supply chain concerns. It was extra COVID costs. It was retail disruptions with Kmart closing up to 25% of its trading days during the half. And of course, some of us, like me, did our lockdown projects this time last year. And so uh, there simply wasn't as much demand for Bunnings of all places. And Bunnings had the first sales for in uh, what I can remember is probably over a decade, simply because I think We'd all go and spend our money last year and we pretty much finished those projects. Yeah, all those home renovations. How well did they turn out? Thanks so much, Scott. <laughs> Thanks, Dash. Time for sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett. The Aussies are resting their star quicks for tonight's T20 against Sri Lanka at the G. Yes, good morning, Tash. That's right. They hold a 3 0 lead. It's a best of five series. So the series is already wrapped up. Mitchell Stark, Josh Hazelwood, and Pat Cummins will have the night off tonight at the MCG. But we saw the other night, Kane Richardson and Ashton Agar stepped up with the ball. So they've got a huge amount of depth in the bowling department. Skipper Aaron Finch says his frontline quicks deserve a break. Between Stark and Cummins, they've had a huge workload on the back of the World Cup and then a five test match Ashes series and Josh coming back off a bit of injury and all them going to Pakistan shortly we felt as though that was really important for them to be able to stay at home and get out of a bubble for a day or two. And of course they are off to Pakistan as is Marcus Harris a member of the test squad. He admits he isn't sure what to expect. It's our first tour since 1998. He's revealed just how much security will be around them. We've been told if we want to play golf we're going to have to give them a couple of days notice because we'll have five or six thousand security guards with us so I think we're getting uh, presidential treatment is what we've been told. Similar to the bodyguards that you have around Tash <laughs> in the studio each morning. Of course, the tens of thousands of them. Now, you've had plenty of Stephen Bradbury moments over your career, Brett, but there <laughs> were none of those glorious moments for one Aussie Winter Olympian last night. No, still waiting for you to fall over, Tash, so I can <laughs> host the podcast. But no, uh, Sammy Kennedy Sim was dreaming of that moment in her semi-final in the ski cross event. She fell behind a trio of Canadians early, didn't quite recover. They never uh, slipped up. She still matches her best effort at a Winter Games, finishing eighth. She's a stroke survivor, amazing story as well, a triple Olympian, and she told Seven she's proud of her achievements. We're a bunch of fighters in Australia, and this is tough. It's the best thing in the whole world, you know, and to any Anyone else that wants to give it a try, like, you know, I was up there against the best nations in the world and anything's possible. And Greta Small, another Aussie, came 13th in the alpine skiing. How good is that? Anything is possible. And talking about that, how good is Josh Giddy, the young Aussie basketballer, continuing to create history in the States? Yeah, they're all talking about him. Uh, he's certainly a topic of discussion in the NBA after his career-high night of 28 points in New York, and he's backed that up again yesterday with another triple-double. So in basketball, that's double digits in uh, points, assists, rebounds, steals or blocks, which is quite rare, but any three of those categories. So he had 17 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds. They lost to the Spurs yesterday. He joins Oscar Robertson back in the early 60s as the only rookie in history to record three straight triple doubles. He is a phenomenal, uh, versatile player. Yeah, how good are the Aussies? Thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. 
how's this for a feel-good Friday story? A perfume that's good enough to eat. That's the promise from confectionery company Arnott's. They've launched a limited edition Tim Tam scented perfume, which would you believe has already sold out, containing real cocoa. A 30ml bottle will cost you around $90. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. And we look forward to seeing you bright and early on Monday. Listener.